Hello and welcome to Carnivorous Chats. My name is James, your host. I started this podcast to help other folks share their own healing stories and to interview thought leaders and experts in the carnivore, keto, and low oxalate space. Before we begin, I'd like to give a shout out to Equip Foods and the Carnivore Bar. As an affiliate, you can use the link in the show notes to get a discount on their products when you check out using the code Carnivorous. Thanks in advance for listening, subscribing, and any likes or shares. And now, on with the podcast. Hi, Jeannie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good to see you. And thank you for taking the time out of your Sunday to come chat with me. Oh, I'm, I'm honored to talk to you. Yeah, likewise. The, warrior. Huh? <laughs> the, the feeling is mutual. And um, we'll get into your journey in a few minutes. I'm just going to let um, a few other people log on. We've had a lot of great questions submitted that I shared with you. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll get into those later on in our chat, too, because I think we can help some people out who are sort of new to this low, low oxalate space and, and discovering that that may have been an issue for them like it was for both of us and is for oh. both of us. I tell you. It's, really killed us, right? This is it. This is it. And uh, if it wasn't for our good friend, Sally... Amen. Um, Sally, she's the woman. That's all I can say. I just really feel blessed because I think there's a lot of people walking around that are very, very, very ill and don't have any clue that this is the easy answer to what they're going through. I completely agree. Um, I just look at myself as a past vegetarian and vegan thinking I was out there healing the planet and healing my body. And (laughs) actual fact, I nearly killed myself through putting all those high-ox plant foods in me. Amen. But, you know, I wasn't a vegan or a vegetarian, but I would say I, would, I was more, I leaned more to plant-based foods. I would have, like, a little piece of meat, you know, like, because I had to, I thought I had to, and the rest would be, like, you know, as being Italian, I would, I would make vegetables and pasta, you know, and then more vegetables and pasta, and then big pots of Swiss chard with beans, and, and I was getting sicker and sicker as each year went by, and I'm, I'm older than you, you know, so it's a good lesson for you because if you actually, uh, you know, know about what actually happened to me and how the misery I went through and the surgeries I went through and everything that I went through, it's a good lesson because at your age, you're going to have a, um, more years where you're going to be healthy than, than I am. You know, I'm so blessed right now because I feel better than I have in 30 years, but I was really sick. Yeah. God is good. Um, but I was really sick for a long time and I just kept getting sicker and it, it was like a nightmare and I didn't know what, why. And people around me were like, oh, come on, Jean, this can't be real. Nobody can have all this stuff. Jean's in the hospital again. Now, now what? You know, one of those types of things. But I just kept praying and asking God to show me what it was. And, yeah. and actually getting sicker was the thing that showed me what it was. I, well, you know, Let's, um, let's, uh, Jeannie, first of all, let me, that we've got uh, quite a few people have joined us now. So um, just as you were talking, first of all, I am, I know I'm going to butcher your last name. So how do you pronounce it correctly, please? DeAngelis. DeAngelis. So Jeannie DeAngelis. Jeannie, where are you currently residing? Where are you located? Long Island. (laughs) Nicely done. And for those that don't know, they're joined today. I am joining you today from the beautiful island of Bermuda that don't know, um, it still feels like summer. It's really hot outside. So it's nice to be in here in the air conditioning chatting with you today. Um, Jeannie, what I think we'll do is, because you were just touching a little bit on your story, 
what I'd like to do, if we can, is just go back to the beginning and, and just go and tell us about how you came to be the low ox grandma, how you found this way, what happened to you along the journey. I've been following some of your Instagram stories and what you went through. I mean, mine was terrible as well, but in comparison, I just, you are unbelievable in everything you've come through and how well you're doing now. How did it all begin? How did low ox grandma, where did it come to fruition? <laughs> well, um, if I, I think back to being a small little girl, now that I know what I'm looking at, I went, I started going through things in my teens. Yeah. You know, and, you know, in my 20s, I had two surgeries. I, I you know, I grew a tumor in my abdominal wall. I had to have a hysterectomy when I was 27 years old. Um, I, and then I would say in my 30s, my thyroid problem started going on. Like at 32, I was on thyroid medicine. You know, the fact that, Doctors don't look for root causes, you know, and, and they just say, well, here, you need to take Synthroid, like as if you're some kind of broken piece of machinery that if you just take this pill, everything's going to be all right. Then I started with UTIs. And, and I just have to say the entire time from when I was a, a little girl, kindergarten, first grade, intractable anxiety, separation anxiety, um, it, it, I suffered. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Suffered with OCD, all these things. And then, so in my thirties, it was, I would say, um, you know, the, the, the UTIs. And then in my forties, I started with low blood sugar, hypoglycemia, like passing out on in work, you know, with a 37 blood sugar and then popping almonds in my mouth to try to bring my blood sugar back up. Hello. And, um, then the diverticulitis started. And that was really, really, really bad. And that segued from that into, um, I, I ended up with C. diff because I was on antibiotics constantly from UTIs and diverticulitis. So, you know, I'd go to the hospital, like, well, I have a stomachache, you know, they'd stick me in the CT scan. We don't even want to discuss that. And, they, and I'd say, I'm going home now. And they'd say, if you go home now, I can't, I can't guarantee what's going to happen to you. And I'd end up in the hospital hooked up to an IV. Um, and so it ended up that um, I, you know, when you have C. diff, you can't be on antibiotics all the time because you're, you're never going to get out of it. That's right. It just kills off all the bacteria. I ended up having a fecal transplant. Uh, and that lasted until my next, my next UTI because I'm, you have to understand that as I was going through all of this, I was still eating this way, thinking that that was going to make me better. You know, I would get my juicer out and I would juice it. Kiwis, lemons with the rind on them. You know, me trying to heal myself, I was just making myself sicker and sicker. I wasn't getting any better. And I never, I, you know, I'm sure you're a very bright person. I listen to you. I see that you are. What happened up here that we couldn't put these two things together was it the was it the you know the rhetoric that we hear that this is the way we get healthy and we couldn't push that away to actually see that it was making us sick i don't know i don't know Jeannie, i wish i could go back in time and shake my younger self a few a few years back um you know for those that don't know my story being uh, i was vegetarian for literally decades and then became vegan and my health went off a cliff after the fifth year. 
I should have noticed in hindsight, and I've been doing these recent podcasts with carnivore casts and, and um, boundless body radio. And I'm telling my story again. I, I often say that I should have been smarter and noticed the symptoms coming on earlier, but I thought, no, this can't be the diet. Um, I'm going to continue firing away like you with these smoothies and kale and spinach and greens, because I've seen all the stuff online. This is the diet that is supposed to heal you. And I just ended up getting worse and worse and to the point where I was bed bound and literally almost dying. I went down to 127 pounds. I was bleeding by my bowels and COVID hit and I had no insurance and I still was at it until one day God and, and Sally Norton, the both of them, <laughs> <laughs> came and spoke. Sally That's it. I, I, I do believe he did because I said, this is enough. I went and searched online and said, are these symptoms congruent with a uh, plant-based way of eating, vegan way of eating? And, you know, um, I searched on YouTube and Sally's um, presentation came up, right? And I watched her presentation and then I found her presentations on Carnivore Cast and the rest is history. I thought, yeah, this is it. I'm doing this all wrong. And I began to lower my oxalate consumption. But prior to that, I mean, I was banging away like you at almonds and spinach and chia seeds and, and kiwi fruit and the you know, worst it's offenders. Such, it's such a, um, I, I like to use the word diabolical because the more you eat these foods, the more constipated you get. So the more you're trying to be not constipated. So you just keep eating more of it, thinking that that's going to cure your constipation. And no, I don't want to be, you know, uh, you know, offend anybody, but it's like, I would say that it was like trying to pass a brick. Okay. Yes. Now I understand why. I didn't at that time. I guess glass does slow things down, right? It does. Glass shards in your intestines and colon. But it didn't... It, at first, I had to have a colon resection. Okay. <sighs> I was going to ask you, Jeannie, what was the next step? We've got, we've got you. God forbid it. God bless you. <laughs> you've, gone through, you've gone through C. diff. And, and what happens now? So, you know, so you have to understand that as I'm going through C. diff, I'm constantly having UTIs. And I have to tell you, the anxiety level and the frustration, even from the people around me, like being up to here with me. Yeah. I don't know if you went through that, but it's like everybody in my life was like, she likes being sick or it's all in her head or she's crazy. And, you know, she she's finding surgeons to... Um, Surgeons always do colon resections because somebody's crazy and goes in there and says, I'm crazy. I would like you to do a search. You know, it, it was like, so I had all of that pressure on me too, of people that I cared about really not believing me. Yes. So, so you have to like second guess your own, your own sanity and say, well, is this just me? I'm just thinking this is happening to me. And well, this, and, and Jeannie, you, you tied into something very important because one of the symptoms for me was that, insufferable brain fog that came on due to this because it was wrecking my gut. And we all know about the gut brain connection, right? right? And with that brain fog became that inability to think clearly, as we all know it, I describe it almost as like a medicine head when you take medicine and you just feel right. a balloon head. Um, but then the anxiety, the depression, it, it was it was a crazy time. And then people, like you said, just thought, ah, oh, he's got to be making it up. This can't be. I don't see any of these other symptoms. But little did they know that I was suffering immeasurably just in silence, right? right. And because I was didn't know at that time what was going on. So right. sorry to inter interrupt your train of thought because no, this no, is an no. incredible well, my train, story. My train is constantly moving, so you don't worry about my train. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I had the colon resection. I, as soon as I had the colon resection, as soon as I had it, I was in the hospital. I was having blockages. Oh. Now, 
I don't know if you know what what it's like to have an intestinal blockage, but I I don't. Did you have one? Yes, indeed. Chia seeds. Thank you. Well, that is probably the most pain. And I've had, I had an eight pound, six and a half ounce baby. And I'm telling you, oh. I would rather have three of those in a row than have a blockage. That's how painful it was. Um, and then right after, at Christmas, I ended up in the, uh, in a, a ward where people with blockages, because on Christmas Eve, I had a huge blockage pain. I mean, it was awful. And I, I spent seven days there with an NG tube. They got it to open, which was good. And it was from an artichoke. <laughs> Lord. And so, and so I came home after that and I ended up with this huge bulge on one side of my, you know, my abdomen, right under my breast, all the way down to my pelvic. My, I had had an incisional hernia from the weakened connective tissue because this doesn't happen if your connective tissue is healthy and strong. You don't have, you don't even get, you don't even have diverticulitis if your connective tissue is, it's their little hernias, you know? So I, um, I went to the doctor and she, he said, you have a huge hernia. Well, when they opened me up, finally, it gets better. This is fun. Oh yeah. They opened me up and they, and all my intestines had fallen out. They had adhered oh. together because, because you want to know why. And you know, now that I, I know all of this, I, I, I understand everything so much more clearly. Um, if you're sanding your insides, your body has to heal all those little wounds. So your fibroblasts, which is what God, God puts in us to heal us so that when you have a surgery or whatever, your fibroblasts are what goes, your fibrinogen goes up and your fibroblast goes to that, goes to that area to heal it. But if your whole body is being injured all the time. Your your fibrinogen levels are so high. So what happened was because of having such high fibrinogen levels, I I had so many adhesions and everything was just stuck together. They had to undo my intestines, put them back in, and then what they did was they put a big piece of mesh about twelve and a half by seven inches into my gut, from here to here, and from the second they put it in, I was in agony. And all it did, because I then I came home, I, I made some celery juice. I made oh, some, my goodness. Oh, you know, I'm going to get better now. now yeah. Oh, well, boy. Well, I just, the scar tissue just, it, it was so bad that if you put your hand on my belly, it felt like there was a hand under this, my skin. That's how much scar tissue there was. And I started having more blockage. And they kept, kept opening me up, cutting the scar tissue off the mesh and leaving it there. So honestly, after the second um, emergency surgery, <laughs> I was like, God, just please, just take me home. I'm going to stop crying. I don't want to cry. It's I was okay. like, just I, let I me, will too. <laughs> just let me out of here because I can't do this. I was so petrified. And in the hospital, I saw such horrors. I said, this is what's in store for me for the rest of my life. And all I want to do is be well. That's all I want. But God heard my prayer. I'm just going to say it, okay? I'm going to tell you. The Lord heard me. I didn't hear him, but he heard me. Um, I went and I got the mesh taken out. Thank you, God. I got that piece of garbage taken out of me. The Lord had hit. The one good thing about having a lot of scar tissue, the, inc the incisional hernia that was up under my breast all the way down to my pelvis had healed itself.
So scar tissue is good in some in some. Yes. Um, I'm not even going to tell you about the other little surgeries because mm -hmm. that's like a whole other story. But I got worse. I kept eating what I was eating. I kept go. I would go to Whole Foods and get two big, gigantic heads of Swiss chard, three times a week. Okay, hello. I was killing myself. So anyway, uh, fast forward. I had another small surgery. It was a gynecological surgery because everything is falling apart. I was. I had urinary incontinence. They put a sling in. They took it out. You know, it was just like you know a nightmare. I was like, how, how am I even alive? Um, and when I had gotten out of the hospital after that last surgery, I got vertigo, gastritis. And I ended up with vulvodynia. Now, I just want to tell you one little aside about that. My mother had breast cancer. She had intractable anxiety. She ended up with vulvodynia. And in the end, she ended up with pulmonary fibrosis. That's what ended up killing her, okay? Now that I know about what oxalates do to the body, I know that my mother died of pulmonary fibrosis. She died of oxalate toxicity. We could have saved her if we knew. But I was on the same road. And I remember um, about the Vulva Pain Foundation, so I just looked there. And when I, I looked there, it said, if you want the pain to stop, you have to go on this kind of a diet. And it was a low oxalate diet. So I was like, I was laying on the couch, you know, moaning day and night with, between gastritis and burning down there. I mean, I have no dignity anymore. I mean, it's at this point, I, I don't care what I have to say to shake people out of it so that they can yes. wake, be healthy. So yes. I was laying there with an ice pack between my legs, crying. My husband would be like, honey, you need to calm down. Honey, 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 honey. So I went on the low-ox diet. And I, it was like having a burner on the stove on high, like like the flame was really high. And each day that I stood on, stayed on the diet, the burning went down, as if somebody was turning the burner, you know, like the flame on yes. And the yes. burning started to go away. I was like, okay, something's, there's something with this. Okay, there's something with this. I had the same experience, Jeannie, same thing when I, and sorry to interrupt your train of thought. Oh. Uh, the uh, folks should know that, you know, when I was at my sickest and found Sally's presentation, lost seasonality in the overconsumption of plants. It's on YouTube, Google it if, for, for those folks that are joining us um, that haven't seen it. And I started to just dial back those oxalate laden foods. I hadn't even added animal foods yet. Um, I, right. was just, I was just taking what I knew already in the vegan diet and saying, okay, I'm not gonna take these oxalate bombs, which I had been eating and just dial them back. You, you okay. hit the nail on the head. It was like a, a knob, just a dimmer switch going down a little bit. And I thought, okay, there's some hope here. Yeah. It really is. And you know, in between there, I was in the emergency room, like grabbing the garbage pail out outside with such bad vertigo and i just want to tell you that the the lower level of all of this i felt like i had the flu for 20 years i was like this i couldn't do anything mm -hmm. i couldn't go to the store i couldn't i would be like oh I can't. This is, you know so as i got rid of this stuff my vertigo went away my gastritis went away my vulvodynia went away oh. And six months in, 
Now you have to you have to remember, like I'm the crazy one in the family. I'm the one that was nuts with anxiety and fear, you know. And you, and you start to think, well, it's got to be me. There's got to be. I have to have a problem. I don't trust God enough, or I don't have enough faith, right? Whatever I was thinking. And all of a sudden, it was like I I felt like I was living my life like a balloon that was filled with so much helium that at any second it could just burst. And all of a sudden one night I was just sitting there and all of the anxiety just went out of my body. Oh, it was amazing. like every nerve ending was on fire. And it was just like all my nerves just, it just, they just calmed down and lumps in my breasts went away. I had a lump up the size of an egg in one of my breasts that just disappeared. I couldn't put my arms next to my breast, which because we know that oxalate is attractive to attracted to breasts. I guess it's a hormone thing. I don't even know. I'm not the scientist Sally is. I'm just a victim. Right? This is You're it. a little bit more science savvy than I am, but I'm a victim. I went through hell be trying to be healthy. And so, you know, I go through ups and downs because I have a lot of uh, stored oxalate. I'm much older than you. So, um, but each time I, I try to liken it to an oasis in a desert. I kind of run or to first base or second base. In between, it's really hard, you know, and, but it's getting easier. I started my third year and those oasises are miraculous. That's all I can say. Okay. Well, Jeannie, let's pause there for a second. And I, again, I apologize. Let's, let's talk one of the great questions that came in, and we'll get to all the questions at, at the end, but is how long does this process take? <laughs> and I often answer people that ask me, I say, oh, how long is a piece of string? Uh, it depends on a number of factors, right? Your body, your diet prior to it, how much oxalate-laden foods you're eating, where the oxalates are stored in your body, right. how good your body it is at detoxing these oxalates. So well, for, yeah, little, go ahead. There's one little thing. So, you know, we know that Susan Owens has done a lot of work with um, autistic children and stuff. So, yes. In the middle of this, my husband goes to me because I have an autistic grandson, you know, and there's the, the autism around me. He goes to me, You're acting just like Jude, who is my grand. He said, You're worse than I've ever seen you. He goes, I want you to go and I want you to have, I want you to get diagnosed. I want, I think you have, might be on the spectrum. It's like, oh, God, I don't have enough problems now I'm on the spectrum. Well, guess what? Yes, I am. So, of course, that puts me in the category where I'm warehousing probably three times more than a neurotypical person. Then you add to that, you know, genetic components like MTHFR, you know, uh, B, you know um, people on the spectrum a lot of times and people that have MTHFR, they don't have, they don't have B, the proper B vitamin they don't work properly. So yes. you, if you have low B6, it's, you don't, you can't process <clears throat> the oxalates, right? You have all those antibiotics that you've been taking. So you're missing. There was one question from some lady that said, <clears throat> what about, <clears throat> sorry. Yes, uh, I, I know the, the question you're talking about, oxalobacter formigenes, the, the, the bacteria, right? <laughs> come with me because I can't pronounce those, whatever. The <laughs> um, one round of antibiotics at six years old or two years old or an ear infection at one years old destroys that bacteria. It's a Gee. very fragile, fragile bacteria. So that means if I'm a little baby and they give me a couple of rounds of antibiotics, I get an ear infection. I don't have the, 
I don't have the bacteria anymore in my intestines to deal with this stuff. So then you're feeding me pizza and wheat and, you know, uh, you know, spinach smoothie, a little spinach. Well, let's give Johnny a little spinach smoothie. And Johnny cannot deal with any of this now because he doesn't have the bacteria in his intestines to deal with it. And people say, well, how about we take it? It's a very fragile bacteria and they haven't gotten to the point now where they can reproduce this for human consumption. Right? That's it. So, yeah, yeah the, the question came from, and just so you know, came from a, a, a looks like a person called TQ Picks. And the question was, is the probiotic Oxalobacter formigenes helpful and does vitamin K2 help with oxalate dumping? We just talked about the Oxalobacter and I look back on my journey, Jeannie, and I, you know, as I tell people, I had so many infections when I was a vegetarian. Um, uh, yeah, they really, and as you had uh, so female related stuff, I had male related stuff. Um, and, the, and it's swelling of the testes and pain down there in my scrotum all the time, excruciating. Uh, and looking back now, it was, they were infections, um, epididymitis it was called. And the go-to at that time was ciproflaxin. And I must have taken so much ciproflaxin in my youth and, and, and in my 20s. And, you know, they have that saying called when you're floxed from these fluoroquinolone antibiotics. I, I'm, I'm convinced I was. And I, I don't know how I had any gut bacteria left. So I was set up for this disaster, as you say. You know, the thing of it is, is that this is why people end up with, I, I, at, well, I used to take the Cipro too, and then at one point I couldn't tolerate it anymore. You're toxic, you know, you're, so the food is raising your toxic levels. So you are so toxic. Now when you take Cipro, if you weren't toxic, I guess maybe, I mean, I don't like Cipro, I don't want to take it ever. Maybe you, your body can handle it. But when you're so toxic, you're, you're filled with so much so many toxins from the plants and then you take a drug that's toxic now you your body can't process your liver is overwhelmed your body's overwhelmed and it's as a disaster not only that but the oxalate you know prevents infection from being dealt with by the immune system so i have the other thing that i have is i'm a panda I found this out too. So I had strep, high streptiders and all that kind of stuff. Pediatric autoimmune neurological disorder, which kind of goes hands in hands with the spectrum thing. But the, my streptiders would never go down. My streptiders right now are normal. Okay. My fibrinogen levels are normal. Okay. So I was killing myself. I don't worry really anymore. Sometimes I bother, I'll bother Sally. I'll say, oh my God, look at the dog. I'm going to have scar tissue. I have a lot of scar tissue, but I'm not worried about it anymore. I know that, I know that my body can deal with what's there. Sally told me that it will eventually break down. Some of it will break down on its own. And as the years go by, since my last surgery, since I've been off the oxalate, my belly, where I've had all this surgery, is getting softer and softer. Yes. Yes. You see, what's good about it for you and me, Jim, is that we have the heart to want to help people. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to hear it. They don't want to give up their spinach and their chocolate and their smoothies and all that. But we're going to keep talking, right? That's it, Jeannie. So let's let's talk about quickly. Let's talk about for those. And, and thank you for all the, the people that have joined in. Lindsay, I see you. Michael, I see you. I see all of our lovely Low Ox Warrior friends in here. So thank you, everyone, for joining. We're going to have all the questions you submitted answered at the end. But let's talk to some folks about what the typical high oxalate foods are, that you give some examples for them. Uh, and I can, too. 
Okay, so and I, I, we can relate that to some of these questions that we got also. Like, people want to know the whole list. How can you go, get the you whole got list? it. Listen, if you take the high offenders, chocolate, spinach, chards, beets. I was roasting beets in the oven and eating them like apples. <laughs> Me too. My, my wife as a plant-based chef. We used to not, uh, and Jeannie, you're going to, this is crazy. We used to have beets. So many because it grows really well. They grow really well in Bermuda, and then eat the beet tops, which are even so, more laden. Oh, I put them with my Swiss chard. Yeah. Oh. Put together. Oh. <laughs> oh. I, I shudder to think. Yeah. Sorry. Know. Go ahead. <laughs> so so, um, potatoes. Mm -hmm. Forget the French fries. If and if you have an autistic child, do not give them French fries, please. I'm begging you. Okay, because they start to climb the walls you know, wheat buckwheat chocolate tea it's sweet potatoes pot regular potato all potatoes uh nuts and seeds and almond milk and almond flour i see these people on on instagram with that have millions of followers that they're poisoning with almond flour okay when i i ate almond flour i ate an almond, a loaf of almond flour bread and that afternoon the, the vitreous gel in the back of my eye broke off and I, till this day, have what's called a weiss ring in my eye, which is a circle of the gel that just floats in my range of vision. So if you want to keep eating, I, you know, I, I don't want to be like too much of a mother or a grandmother, but if you want to keep eating the almond flour and the almonds and the sweet potatoes, good luck to you. And I will not say I told you so. And, and Jeannie, let me ask you, let me pause you there for a quick second. Uh, one, one of the questions that was submitted was uh, from Turquoise Mariposa said, if you peel and boil a red potato, does that reduce the oxalates? And are, in general, are red potatoes lower oxalate than other kinds of potatoes? Yes. Little red potatoes are lower than, than um, the other. You can have like five or four little tiny. But you see, I don't know. Maybe it's me. I'm going to ask you. Okay. I nearly died. I am not looking for an excuse anymore to eat this. Some people say to me, well, don't you miss those foods? Well, here's the thing. If somebody offered me a million dollars and said, eat this Trader Joe's chocolate ball with the almonds in it, I would oh. say, keep your money, okay? Because I don't need to be sick. I don't need to be have money and be so sick that I don't even want to live. I would rather have no money, and I'd rather eat ceiling tile than to feel the way I felt there before. And so I'm not really looking for excuses to eat. I eat I eat very little vegetables, very small amounts. I'll eat maybe a little bit of coleslaw, maybe a couple of little pieces of cauliflower, but I'd rather have a steak. You got it. And, and let me answer your question, Jeannie, is when I, you know, as us men tend to do go full throttle into things, don't we? I mean, I said, okay, well, I learned all about oxalates. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to eliminate them all from my diet. I'm going to go complete carnivore. I went gung-ho, just dairy and meats, and that was it. And boy, oh boy, did my body tell me that was not the right way to do it. I mean, I started dumping like crazy. I mean, for the first little while, I felt pretty good after I got fat adapted. But then it hit. The pain came back, the joint pain the, and new ones. Uh, yeah, and new ones. And thank goodness we have Sally as a resource and all our low-ox friends. And I said, you know, i got to add some. So I've, I've added low-ox fruits back in because I swore, and I swear down, I'm never touching another vegetable in my life if, if, I can, if I can do it. So that's what works for me. And I tell people all the time, 
you know, do what works for you. Some people may have some diabetic issues that they can't have the sugar and fruits and need to add the vegetables back in for them. But just do what yes, works but for listen, you. I, I don't want to be one of these people that blame everything on oxalates, but yes. I had everything and it was oxalates. So <laughs> I'm sorry to have to inform you, like, you know, even this blood sugar problems, I, I have to say, I don't know what the outcome is going to be for a person if they actually get off the oxalate, how their blood sugar problems are going to change. They, yeah. they, might, they might go away. Because I had so many things that seemed unrelated from my thyroid to my breast to my intestines to my stomach to my bottom to my joints. It was all one thing. One. It was oh. all the oxalate food. I got rid of the oxalate things. My thyroid's better. My, my migraines are better. My joint pain is gone. I have no rotocuff problems, no arm problems, no problems opening jars because my thumb is sore. My, you know, my intestines are night and day. They, yes. they don't hurt me anymore. I don't, you know, and, and I have no anxiety and I sleep at night and I, I, I can actually have some joy in life that I never had. I wanted to die. I, yes. I, I can't do this. I can't go another round into a ward with people walking around with NG tubes and doctors telling me you're going to be here three times a year with the same thing. I haven't been back, okay? And I'd like to go back there and just walk around in that hallway and ask those people what they're eating and say to them, you know what? This doesn't have to be your lot in life. This doesn't have to be your epitaph that you died because your intestines kept seizing up and, and closing off. It's horrible. So, so Jeannie, one of the, let's touch back a little bit because people have asked um, online where where can we find information on all the low ox and high ox foods? And I know you know the answer and, and, and I'll let you, let you tell how this all gets kind of frustrating, but there is a way. Well, that goes back to what I was saying before. Cut out the high offenders. Don't worry about whether a Brussels sparrow has too many oxalates. Cut out the high offenders, slowly, re slowly reduce them a little at a time. If you're eating sweet potatoes, stop eating sweet potatoes, stop eating two weeks, three weeks down the line, cut out the spinach, two, three weeks down the line, cut out the nuts and seeds, slowly bring it down. For me, this is what, what I, 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 that's what I did. Now there's a few lists around, but ta Sally will tell you that they're not, they're inaccurate. Okay. So that's what confuses people. They say, well, one list says cucumbers, blah, blah, blah. Don't worry about it. If you're not eating the nuts and the seeds and you're not eating the potatoes and you're not eating, you know, tomato sauce and, and drinking tea and eating chocolate, making buckwheat pancakes, that's a good place to start. Okay. No Swiss chard. Don't be sauteing your spinach and eating piles of it. You know, people say, well, can I boil the spinach? The only thing I, the only analogy I can give is if you put a glass into water and boil it, it doesn't melt and go away. It's still glass. We're talking about a glass-like molecule that I don't think that it does that much to, to, to get rid of it. And why? Who cares? We don't need spinach to live. Mm -hmm. We get more vitamins from a little piece of steak than we, from a whole bunch of spinach. Hallelujah. <laughs> this is it. This is it. And Jeannie, I know one of the things that uh, you said that made me smile one day is you, you call yourself the the oxalate evangelist <laughs> and well, we, we have to be don't we right and i yeah and it's like i was so sick and if i could get better from all of that then people that have a whole hell of a less than what i was suffering with you were suffering with 
can get better too. And but the but and what does it take? Cutting twenty foods out of your diet and and living life like a human being, or hobbling around with a cane and eating peanut butter. I mean, I can't I can't put those two things together. It's, in my brain, it's like get rid of it, right? Yeah. I mean, I agree. And just circling back, so for those folks um, that ask about lists, um, if if you want to, I did this initially, and it was a great resource because I was very scared and very lonely and didn't know if there was anyone else out there that had had <laughs> um, had this oxalate journey. I really so I went to, and found Susan Owen's Facebook group, you know, the Trying Low Oxalate, right. and God bless uh, the Low Ox Coach joined her, Monique Adinger. She's right. in there. Um, they they do have a list, don't they, Jeannie, of foods that are high and low. They're yeah, they do. They do. It's a, it's a um, an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. And, and and the food is all across the bottom. Um, you know, grains, uh, commercial food products, supplements, and it's very, 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 very helpful. Mm -hmm. And it's a great group too because. You know, we have our little community. I got thrown off Facebook, so I'm not there. But I used I, to I'm not either there. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, it's a great group of people because the the, the moderators are extremely um, knowledgeable, and they're very available, and they've all been through it, so they can they can kind of walk you through it. And there's a whole community of people that are going through this kind of stuff together, and. Um, it, it, it's very helpful. I think that the community is growing, right? It, do you think? it is. It surely is. I mean, it surely is. And just for the, someone asked for if the, we could post links, my, my suggestion would be to get, if you're on Facebook, go on there, search Trying Low Oxalates as a Facebook group, request to be added, then message one of the admins on there and they will send you the list, the spreadsheet. Uh, now, just let me preface this. Even Susan Owens herself, Sally Norton herself, Jeannie will tell you that the list is okay at best because we as as a community kind of like why i didn't say it I yeah just... well i need to let people know because you know i went through the spreadsheet and in the spreadsheet there's a lot of you know because so much more testing needs to be done on these foods and we need the money so they often ask people if they can assist by helping pay for some of the testing on these foods we know it. we I yeah me too I, I, I had foods that I wanted to know, you know, like a lot of times people think gluten-free is low oxalate. It's not. No. So you got rid of the wheat, but you have a problem. So I, I, I had sent a few pastas that I had, you know, just for people in my life to recommend that they were like, I can't live without pasta. I'm Italian. I'm like, well, you know, so, you know, I sent a couple of uh, different pastas to be tested, a few things to be, and one of them was a sweet potato pasta, sweet potato. Uh, I think it had the more oxalates than anything on the list. It was like oh, yeah. through the roof. And I was eating that all the time. Oh, aren't these good? They were like crystal noodles made out of potato starch or something. I don't know, sweet potato starch. So, so Jeannie, we, we, um, we've heard some folks' feelings here by telling them some high-ox stuff. We've gone down all the almond treats that people eat. We've gone down the spinach and the kale that are supposed to be healthy. Uh, we've gone into chocolate. Oh, my goodness. Um, let's, and um, by the way, for folks that don't know, coffee is generally low-ox, so we're not going to be that mean. Sally will tell you, too. However, decaf can be pretty medium to high oxalate, if I recall Sally saying oh, that. Thanks, the regular. Yeah. Um, so let's tell them some alternatives they can go with. What are you? What is some stuff you reach for in your diet, Jeannie? That is, is low ox in terms of fruit or veg or anything. 
Well, in the fruit category, when I eat it, I eat melons and grapes, pretty much papayas and mangoes. Those are pretty much my go-tos. Yeah. If I'm having kefir, I'm having a little histamine problem right now, but I'm, I know it'll go away. Uh, I would put like a, a little piece of frozen banana and some and some frozen cherries in there to make like, that's so good, with a little honey. It's fantastic. And um, that's in the fruit department, but I don't do a lot of that either. You know, watermelon, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. In the vegetable department, like I said, um, you know, bok choy, um, yes, cabbage, yeah. mushrooms, which some people are against. You know, a little bit of onion isn't horrible arugula if you have to have a salad and you know it's really good a lot of people that have like completely destroyed their uh intestines with um having them sanded for years a lot of times even though they <laughs> any kind of raw vegetable they can't get it they, it just doesn't work yeah you know you can have some salads as long as it doesn't have those little baby swiss chards with the red stem you know what i mean or or spinach you can have romaine you can have butter lettuce you can have arugula you can make yourself a salad but i find that i can't digest those things anymore yeah so you said it gut, gut heals so one of the questions was about banana bananas are an interesting one for those so that person that asked the question they're actually what i use right now I, i'm only eating bananas which are my local bananas that grow here in season and uh, blueberries those are my my things that i use to keep sort of bananas can be medium to low depending on what type of banana they are i've understood so even some bananas can be sort of mid-high, but um, I think the local bananas, the Cavendish, tend to be a little medium to low, and I use blueberries for my fruit. And the ripeness matters, right? That's right. The less ripe it is, the more the higher the oxalate, the more correct is the better. I guess you know the the ripening process probably does something to the to the demons. That's They're it. demons. Those oxalates are demons. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, for the person asking, blueberries tend to be lower oxalate. The berries you want to avoid typically are the blackberries and the raspberries. Um, you can sort of see the little spiky things on the raspberries, can't you? I know those aren't the oxalate, but they are very high. Um, but blueberries are low, typically, as Lindsay correctly said. Um, that's why I'm using them and bananas in combination. I only have a handful in the evenings um, with some heavy whipping cream. It's my little treat for myself during the day. Jeannie, Jeannie, one of the questions asked, what does your typical day of eating look like right now? Well, I do intermittent fasting. I don't eat from 8 till noon. So usually at lunch, I'll have like a rice cracker, okay? Mm -hmm. And I'll put sardines, on, a can of sardines on it. I was eating, um, I was eating some dairy, but it's not agreeing with me right now. So, or I'll have some chopped chicken liver, and I'll put that on there. You know, I don't eat a lot during the day, and then at dinner I eat meat. I mean, I, I I tend to eat more beef. I love the fat. The fattier, the better. Yes, me too. Right, and um, and if I have a little coleslaw on the side or pickles, maybe I'll have some pickles. You know. Whatever, and then I for for treats I I try to make um, homemade ice cream. I make nice. Homemade, me too. You know, um, and you know I use Redmond's real salt. You know, I, I I used to be a big spice user. I don't use any of them anymore. I don't trust any of. Them. This is my motto: Plants are not our friends. They That's do right. not like us. Okay, so if it's a plant, don't ask me what about this or what about that. It's a plant. It's not our friend. If you want to eat it, 
<laughs> in, in, my, in my best Dr. Anthony Chafee voice, plants are trying to kill you. <laughs> That's what he says. All his podcasts, and he's right. We need to do a cartoon, you know, you know, like the angry birds. We need to do the angry, you know, uh, spinach or, what, or whatever as they, you know. But, That's it. Um, but you know what? The way that you feel when you eat meat, now you can talk about that. I mean, mm -hmm. I eat a steak sometimes for dinner, and, I, and I'm not a big eater, so it's hard for me to finish a whole steak. It's hard for me. But if I eat, like, maybe six ounces of a bloody steak, the next day I feel like I can fly. I feel like I can turn over cars. Do you know what I mean? Oh, they're so nutritionally packed, these animal foods for us, as opposed to the plant foods, which are defending themselves so we can't get the nutrients out of them. So for me, coming from a, a vegetarian and vegan for six years almost background and then having adding meat back into my diet, it was like the, the ex-vegans say, the light switch came back on in my brain, in my physiology. I went from 128 pounds of emaciated, skeletal, almost death, to now up to 170 pounds of muscle and it's literally muscle and you don't even have to work out that hard when you're eating carnivore to put on the muscle because your body's just going we're going to use this and you like you said the energy is just unbelievable i remember i was so fatigued uh genie and 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 um exhausted every day i could barely get out of bed and now i'm going on walks with weights on my back exercising going i'm back to work i had lost my job and you know, i wasn't able to work because i was so sick it was just crazy I feel so bad. You know, oh, it's no. a thing to go through this. Not, I mean, besides the fact that we heal, we'll thank God for that. But also gives you a measure of compassion that maybe you wouldn't have had if you had just been okay. This morning, I just went out and did a five-mile walk. I'm 68 years old. People are like, you're walk walking five miles? I'm like, yes. I, I mean. You look fantastic, I, by the way. Fantastic. Thank you. I, I feel, I, 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 it was funny because one of my grandson's friends, my grandson lives with us in, one of his friends came over the other night. He goes, Grandma, he said, I was here when you were at your worst. You were at death's door. He goes, I, you look like a totally different person. Yeah. He said, you, I can't believe it. And because of that, he wanted to know what I did. And because of that, his mom and himself are both going low ox. So that's the best testimony that we have, is that if we... Sometimes I talk so much that my own ears start to bleed. But you know what? The best testimony, and we, I had said this to you before, is a changed life, right? Amen. And that goes in spiritually, physically, health-wise, everything. You can talk till you're blue in the face. But if people actually see you get better, they can't like, they can say, oh, I don't believe that. But how do you not believe it when you see a, a change like that? And the only thing you did was get rid of the plant food. Yep. You didn't take yep. any medicine. You didn't. You didn't go to any surgeons. You just said, "I'm not going to eat Swiss chard and beets anymore." And all of a sudden, you're like a new human being. So, Jeannie, let's talk quickly because I, I'm, I'm conscious of your time, and I want to get to some of the other questions for folks. Um, let's talk quickly about some tips and tricks as people go low ox that you may have employed along the way that we've learned from people like God bless her, Sally and other folks, just as people are going through the dumping process that they can ease the, the, the pain a little bit. Is there anything that you do personally? Well, yeah, I think the thing that helps me the most, but I don't do it enough because I don't have the time is my, my beautiful niece has a sauna in her house and she's like, Hey, Jean, you gotta come over and go in the sauna. If I sit in that sauna, you know, I, 
I reek for like three days after, which I guess is a good thing because it's coming out of me. I'm detoxing. But um, the sauna helps. The exercise helps. And being diligent with the lemon and the, the citrates help because the citrates help to break down the oxalate, right? You know, mm -hmm. I all the science behind that. Uh, so I drink, I actually have it right here. I drink a, uh, but my hair's going gray. Hey, I'm already, I'm there. I'm my mind hit early. Like, what is it? Okay. But anyway, so I put in here lemons and I put my, I get all my citrates. I get the calcium citrate, the potassium citrate, and the magnesium citrate all in power. Yes. Infrared sound. Yes. And I, um, I put it in my water. So I'm sipping it through the day. I'm really getting that. And I put Redmond's, awesome. Redmond's real salt in here. And yes, Epsom salt baths help a lot also, right? And uh, just having the, listen, let's be honest, okay? This is not an easy process. It took me 65 years to nearly kill myself this way, okay? It's not going to happen overnight. But every small step that I make that I feel a little bit better and a little bit better, it's the thing that keeps me going, okay? I don't really have a choice because if I go back to eating Swiss chard, I'll be dead in three years, okay? So what is my choice? I want to live. And, and, and the way that I feel in comparison to the way that I did feel, it's night and day. Am I perfect? No. Am I, do I still have a little anxiety? I, that's my personality. I'm a, I'm a little high strung, you know, I'm a, I have autism. I'm on the spectrum. I'm a little, you know, I overdo it sometimes, but do I feel like I want to live? Yes. And no amount of spinach or peanut butter is worth not feeling this way. Just not. That's so true. Um, for myself, I, I'm very, very similar to you, Jeannie. I wake up in the mornings and I have my lemon water um, every morning, a couple of cups of lemon water and sip on, I make sure I drink enough water and I, electrolytes combined during the day. Um, a lot of minerals, because uh, as we know, these, these oxalate buggers, they can sequester those minerals as they move out of our body. So we got to make sure we replenish our minerals. And people wonder why their bowels don't work. That's it. Okay, so you're eating these foods, you're, you're paralyzing your intestinal tract with glass, okay? And then, the, well, the, the, these things are removing from your body the magnesium and the potassium and everything that you need to be able to, let's say, just poop. Mm -hmm. And you can't, you're like, I don't understand why. I had three green smoothies today and I can't poop. That's why you can't poop. You can't <laughs> poop because you ate three. You know, and, and it's just so, it, the way that it all hooks together is kind of like amazing, right? Don't you think? Uh, it's amazing. And someone just asked, what minerals do we need? I mean, Jeannie, you were talking about potassium, sodium, calcium, magnesium. The thing is, if you tend to gravitate towards one, and I started off, believe me, I found out the hard way. I was supplementing with just salt and then just magnesium. Uh, the minerals in the body like to be in balance, specifically potassium, magnesium, and sodium. So if you can find one that works for you that has all those in balance, it's really good for someone. He is very good element. You, know, element. you got it. Yeah. I like that one. That's, that's really good. Yeah. And, and now that you just, you know, I, I just think even, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I don't know. I'm, the, I'm more on the arts department, you know, but I would say that even if you weren't getting, eating, taking supplemental minerals, you should, but just the fact that you're not eating all those oxalates now, whatever you're eating, you're getting more from anyway. Right. Correct. Correct. And someone asked, you know, if you're eating meat, won't you get it all anyway? 
It, it honestly depends because if your gut like mine is still compromised and still healing, it might not be able to absorb the minerals, especially if you're still oxalate in the midst of dumping. Because as I mentioned, those oxalates will sequester the minerals. So the more that you have, I had to add a bunch because when you're going through the change from keto and coming from vegan to carnivore, you are dumping a lot of fluid, excess fluid too. You know, they, they call it the keto flu. Um, but one of the best things you can do during that transition period is to make sure that you supplement with the minerals because not only was I oxalate dumping probably a little, um, but I was also dumping a lot of retained water that I had from built up over the years. I was just puffy and swollen and everything. I mean, I just remember I was going to the bathroom constantly this first couple of weeks. Somebody just said it just, you know, she, he, she just said it messes up your minerals when you're oxalate dumping. Yes, oxalate dumping is like eating oxalates again, okay? It's, that's why things show up that, you know, you're not, you're not eating them, but your body is now eliminating them. And as they eliminate into your system, they're back in your blood. That's why you, the same way as if you were still eating spinach. So that's why it affect, affects your minerals and why you have pain again, just as if, so that's why you have to do it really slowly and try to use the, you know, the, the different tools that we talked about, um, Jim and I, take an Epsom salt bath and also just hold on. You know, you can get through this. If you're so sick that you're, you're, I didn't even talk about the kidney stones and all oh, that. Yeah. I mean, but if you're, if you're, if you're able to go through a kidney stone or diverticulitis, you're, and, and make it through that, you're a strong person. You can get through the, through the elimination of oxalates because there's no reward for kidney stone other than just getting it out. But there's a reward for getting through oxalate elimination because on the other side of that you're gonna you're gonna heal and you're gonna be the best possible person that you can be you're gonna be shocked you'll be so shocked you'll say how the heck do i did i ever live through that and how the heck do i feel so good right now you'll go sit out in your yard and let the sun hit your face and just say thank you god that yep. whatever that was it's over i tell you i, I know you're going through some challenges with having histamine issues with the kefir but one of the biggest game changers for me Jeannie was the ability to add back in dairy I see Chelsea Lynn is talking about raw unfortunately I can't get raw in Bermuda I'd love it if I could but um, dairy as we know with its high calcium helps to bind up that oxalate as it moves through the gut doesn't it so if you can tolerate dairy it's a really really important thing to to be adding in there yeah well the devil's not going to let me get away that easy. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So I was having a great time with the kefir and I was riding out to the farm and getting the raw milk and oh, I'm loving this. And then all of a sudden the brakes went on, you know, I was having histamine issues, but I, I really, I, I blame oxalate for everything. And I know that when it works its way out of my body, my body's going to be able to handle things it never could handle before. Okay. So, whatever i don't care even if i can't eat eat dairy i'll take my calcium you know before i go to bed i take it and if i'm eating i take whatever because even if the only thing i'm left with is a little piece of steak i am alive and i can go and walk five miles and i can talk to you instead of feeling like oh god i want to die so whatever it is i'll take it okay yes i'll take it yes I, Do you I mean, sorry go ahead Love you too, KTF. <laughs> KTF Listen, two three five. Two three five. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I do. I love I I love people. I love that God is giving me the opportunity to be able to share this. I love I love that it worked for it works. 
you know, so many things don't work, right? That's they say, it. Oh, try this. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. This actually works. You get yeah. rid of this stuff out of your diet. And, and for young people, younger people, or people with children, I'm just going to tell you this. If you don't, if you think that you don't have any, any issues with oxalate, you're warehousing it, whether you believe it or not. And somewhere down the line, I think I put up a little thing of a train this morning. Did you see it? The train was going across the bridge. I'm having a great time. And then all of a sudden it just, the bridge collapsed and the train went in the water. That's the, the trajectory of oxalate. You're tooting wrong, thinking you're just fine. You might not have any symptoms. In fact, Sally says the, the biggest symptom of oxalate toxicity is no symptoms. That's it. And then That's one it. day your train is going to go into the water, the bridge is going to collapse, and you're going to say, what in the heck is going on? And then you can call Jim and I, and we'll tell you. <laughs> right? That's it. And <laughs> Jeannie, that, that allows us to segue very quickly into a couple of questions from people. That's a, this is a good one. So Turquoise Mariposa asked a, a few questions about the high and low oxalate list. I think we touched on that. Um, and then you just kind of covered, she asked, why do some people react with spinach joint pain and others don't? You know, um, and then... It hasn't caught, the devil hasn't cornered them yet, but it's coming, okay? It's coming. And you know what? Honestly... Where I am right now, I didn't even realize I felt as bad as I felt. Sometimes people walk around thinking what's normal, that they're feeling normal. Oh, I'm a little dizzy. I just don't feel off today, whatever. And all of a sudden now, I'm like, I haven't felt good for 30 years. And now all of a sudden I feel really good. And I'm, I realize how bad I felt. So you're eating spinach and you're eating nuts and you're thinking you're doing just fine, you know, but Maybe if you didn't have the spinach and the nuts and the toxin, it's a toxin, it's a poison. Whether or not you, it, it, whether or not it affects you in a way that you think is really bad or not, nobody needs to eat toxin. It's poison. So you don't feel good. You don't really feel as good as you could if you're eating all that stuff. And even if you, like I said, even if it hasn't hit you yet, it's coming. That's it. That's it. I tell people I'm, you know, you're very, in a way, you're lucky that you're not feeling anything now, but I, I'm, the best thing is we can warn them, just warn them of the dangers, don't we? And, it's, and, and say, look here, listen to what I'm telling you. It's, it's just a matter of time. People who are like, you know, well, oh, you know, I'm a little older. I can't open the jar. Well, I got no news for you. I couldn't open the jar either, and now I can, okay? Yeah. I couldn't lift my arm. I was like, oh, my God. I, two, two or three of my sisters had to have the whatever that gets jammed in your in your shoulder scraped out in an operation. Yep. I was like, oh, I'm heading there. You know, guess what? I don't have that pain anymore. Um, before I leave, this is, this is one last question for you. And I, Chelsea, I see you there. And thank you for coming, by the way, today and submitting a question. Chelsea Ann had a really great question, Jeannie. And I don't know the answer, but I, maybe you do. She said she wanted to dig deeper into the use of plants and flowers in skincare products. Any thoughts of oxalates on that and how they affect, you know, especially well, for women? I don't know. I don't think we should eat anything that um, has any kind of chemicals in it. But I do know that. Do know this, and you'd have to ask somebody that has more um, more knowledge than I do, because I'm kind of, you know, not that knowledgeable about stuff like this. Um, extracts and things aren't really a problem. Am I? Am I correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, correct. like, 
Because sometimes you can take a turmeric extract and it's not going to have the same effect on you as you if you were eating the actual turmeric. So I don't know whether or not that applies to products also. If something is, if a natural product is made with something that has an extract of something in it, I, I don't, I don't know. Don't worry about it. Get the spinach, the nuts, the potatoes, the tea, the chocolate out of your diet and we'll worry about whether or not natural shampoo has a problem with oxalates. Trust me, if you get rid of the oxalates out of your diet, you're going to start feeling better right away. Right? That's it. <laughs> I, I um, Just in a movement to more natural stuff and eating a more what I consider ancestrally appropriate diet by adding animal foods primarily back into my mouth. Um, I've also switched to a lot of skincare that is the same way. You know, there's a lot of skincare products out there that are made from tallow. I use that now. And, you know, so, I put sort of, it on my face. I put the tallow as cream on my face. That's right. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not, because I have, I have chemical sensitivity really bad. I mean, I, I can smell, you know, somebody's, shellacking the deck down the street from me. I can smell it. I mean, so I don't have any, I use vinegar and baking soda and that kind of stuff to clean now. And I used to be like, you know, using Fabuloso, you know, inhaling all those fumes because I liked how everything smelled, but no more. So everything's natural. Um, One of the questions, and this is a good one that Willow258 asked are, asked is, are there any tests that can be done to determine if oxalates are affecting your health? Um, now, Jeannie, I know, I think it, you know, I n- never tested mine. And, you know, you say, you talk about best testimony is a changed life. And we'll finish off by talking a lot, some, a little bit more about some of the symptoms people can expect if they have oxalate toxicity. But I think it was Great Plains Lab that used to test for oxalate levels. If I'm not correct, did you ever have your test done? No. You know no. what's the best test for oxalate? First of all, oxalates are affecting you whether you feel it or not so that's let's get that one off the table okay people are, how do i know it's affecting me poison is not good for humans period okay so we know it's affecting you you might not have symptoms yet great pet planes does that um oats test the organic yes. acids test but sally will tell you that all of these tests even if you do a urine you know a 24-hour urine test if you're not actually in in the cycle where you're actually this urine is being dumped, I mean oxalate is being dumped into your urine, you might miss that and come up like you have no oxalate. Oh, you're fine. You got it. You have to have some have some spinach pie. <laughs> fine. No. So the best thing to do is to your NT told you that uh, the high oxalate wasn't a problem. Okay. Tell, give him a message from me. When he needs help, he can speak to Jim and I. We'll help. Him. We'll send. We'll refer him to Sally for a consultation. My my primary doctor is now. In fact, today she's she's watching a podcast with Sally and Steak and Butter Girl because she's asking me how. I went to her from when I was twenty six years old. I used to go in there every single week. I would be like, "What's wrong with me? Please help me! Please help!" And she'd be like. You, you have anxiety. You need Xanax. I'm like, no, no, something's wrong with my body. Well, now I haven't been back in a year. When she did see, she's like, what in the You know? <laughs> so now she wants, she has a sister who has kidney stones and Crohn's. Her daughter has Crohn's. She has breast cancer. <sighs> so she's listening to me. My doctor. 
Yeah. I'm like, that would be, that would be $450, please. No, <laughs> but let's, uh, let's take a second Jeannie and really plug our dear friend, Sally's book that's coming out soon. Yes. I mean, let's talk. I mean, this, this lady, God bless her and has found the time not only to reach out to you and I personally and help us in our journey, but countless other people. So make sure you go and visit her website, sallyknorton.com. And also be aware that she has her book coming out uh, entitled Toxic Superfoods. And I think, Jeannie, if, don't correct me if I'm wrong, it comes out at Christmas time, I want to say. Yeah, I think the other day she said it was kind of, they moved it to December 27th. Yeah, yeah. So, folks, make sure you go on. You can get on Amazon and pre-order it after the live today. Or anywhere. You can get yeah. it anywhere. You can pre-order it anywhere that books are sold. And we need to, we need to order it and, and we need to give as many reviews as we possibly can positive reviews mm -hmm. because the world needs this message and i'm just going to tell you this one thing and then i'll stop talking please god no please 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 i, I just wanted to tell you you know just out of curiosity i'm a researcher so i look up I'm, I'm constantly reading you know and looking and so i did like a project on my own i'm not 100 percent done yet and i i did Oh, maybe I think I, I might have a hundred celebrities that were vegan and vegetarians. And then I looked up their um, what they suffer with, their ailments. And then I looked up their actual diets, and then I looked up what what they are suffering from, how it's how it's actually tied to oxalate. And I have it all documented. I'm working on it. I'm working on that. And yesterday I saw Leanne Rhymes with Dr. Amen. Did you see that? I did. And I wrote them. I said to Dr. Amen, I hope you talk to her about oxalates. I said, because it causes anxiety, mental health problems, and the psoriasis that covers her entire body. Nobody responded. Do I have to go back there and be a real nudge? I'm going to have yeah. to go back there. I'm going to be like... Listen, I'm from Brooklyn. You better respond to me. No, I, I, I was like, you can talk about mental health all day. And you can talk about anxiety and depression and brain health. If you're eating a vegan diet and you're covered with psoriasis, you need to change your diet and your brain will get better. Yeah. Your anxiety will go away. Your psoriasis will go away. And you'll be a whole new person. If you're not going to mention that to them, then you're wasting your time. Totally agree. And just so people know, some of the stuff that I suffered with in terms of symptoms, uh, primarily digestive, horrible, horrible pain, uh, constipation. Um, you know, I had blood coming out of my stool. Um, I suffered from um, carpal tunnel syndrome, which I thought was, at the time, severe fibromyalgia, um, tinnitus, the ringing in the ears, um, which, oh, it was so bad. Almost completely gone. It, it will come back now and again and when I'm dumping. Um, but it's other than that, it's gone. And hallelujah for that, because it drove me absolutely insane. It was so loud, that ringing. That's um, my niece. Yes, yeah. you, can eat, you can eat fish, Melissa. But listen, <laughs> you're going to have to start eating more than fish someday, okay? Your knee got better because you listened to Aunt Jeannie. But you're <laughs> going to have to listen to Aunt Jeannie a little bit more. And I love you. <laughs> yes, yes. Listen to your aunt, the little ox grandma, please. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I want to but, no, yeah, but those were a few of the things. Um, and a couple of little tips, I, you know, what I employ, we didn't get into, I, I, I also do infrared sauna. I have it sitting right here beside me now looking at it. I'm actually going to get into it after we finish speaking today. Um, Epsom salt baths, big one for me as well. Huge. 
uh, a little tip for someone that Sally gave me when I went through a huge wave when I first went carnivore of, of dumping was particularly brutal is uh, using black tea, um, double tea bagging the black tea to have a strong oxalate to stop right. that process. So Sally, I got onto her, I said, Sally, what's happening? I, I, I feel terrible. She says, get a black tea, double tea bag and really make it strong. You, um, you know, I'm being annoying when my husband goes, honey, please drink some tea. He's yeah. like, please, just drink some tea. <laughs> That's the code. Yeah. A um, um, couple of other things I wanted to touch before I let you go, Jeannie, is that Another thing that Sally taught me, and people should be aware, she recommends that people do not get chiropractic or massage treatments at least until a couple of years after you decide to go low ox. Because I'll tell you, I was in so much pain. I thought massages and, 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 and chiropractic adjustments right. were going to do me well. But what happens is these, these manipulations of your fascia, and, you, and you, they start releasing all those stored oxalates. I was feeling terrible worse i couldn't figure out why am i feeling worse after a massage and chiropractic appointment these days and that's exactly why so just for folks to be realize that the other thing that people should be aware of too is that if you had any surgery so now i've had surgery everywhere i won't I'll, i won't i won't mention the unmentionable part, parts of my body that have even been operated on okay what happens is when you're healing, when you have any kind of a wound or inflammation or whatever, oxalate is attracted to that area. Thank, like I say, thank God for Sally. Um, so my abdomen, where I had all of these terrible surgeries, when I'm dumping, it actually feels like everything's twisting. And Sally told me, she said, when the oxalate comes out of, the, of a wound, the fascia actually twists. Oh. And I'll tell you what. It, it, it's happening, it ha was really bad a couple of times. So of course, my natural propensity, just because of who I am, is to like, catastrophize the whole thing. Like, oh my God, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna have an oh my God. You know, and then all of a sudden I, I'll tell Sally and she's nice and calm and she'll say, it's the fascia twisting, it's because you have a lot of oxalate, it's inflamed or whatever. And three days later, it's, I hate that about her. She's always right. Always right. <laughs> always right. How <laughs> <No>, obnoxious. <laughs> Wait till the whole world finds out she's right. So, Jeannie, this is a good place. And, and I'm so, again, conscious of the time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for being here it. today. I love talking about it. I love talking about it with you. You're, you're, you're an inspiration to me. Um, the fact that we can even relate about something so horrible, but also about something so wonderful, right? That's it's, it. We have a horrible experience to share, but we have a glorious healing that we can share this and our it. voices together can say listen there's a way out of this hell and we got out if you'd like to get out we'll show you how to get out we'll help you we'll lead you in the right direction and that's a wrap on this episode of carnivorous chats if you've made it this far i want to say thank you for listening and also thank you in advance for liking subscribing or sharing this episode Thanks again to the good folks at Carnivore Bar and Equip Foods. Don't forget to check the link in the show notes to get a discount on their products. And also, don't forget you can book me for a 30-minute carnivore coaching session through Averro Health. Again, the link will be in the show notes. Until the next time, be well. Be well.